Revenue Rhino. I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. We're interviewing successful sales and marketing leaders and discussing ways in which they're building lifelong relationships with their customers. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Michael Biddick from Sagatuck Brewing Company. Michael, it's really nice to have you on. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. So tell me, Michael, a bit about you and your background and what you're doing these days. So I came from the restaurant industry out of high school. My aunt dragged me into the restaurant world for a job, and I had an ambition to being a science major. And fortunately, the money in the restaurant world just kept me coming back. And so I did that for about 16 years, and then I jumped to the sales side with my current role, the Sawtuck Brewing Company. I've been doing that since for the past almost know, seven years, actually, now. Very cool. So for those listening, tell me a bit about Sagatuck and what you guys are doing. It sounds like you're up to some really cool stuff, and that's a really awesome product. So just tell everyone a bit about that. Yeah, we've been around for 15 years now. We actually kind of celebrated our 15-year anniversary this year. Unfortunately, right. we weren't able to have the party we wanted to. But yeah, 15 years and 15 states now. I might wow. be missing one. I'm not sure. It changes every day. But we're 15 states, and then we've been in seven countries outside the United States. But this year, two have not ordered, probably because of the fun stuff going on. But yeah, so we're, we've got a bunch of different products, cover the whole gamut of beer. And then it's just, we're doing awesome things. I've joined it. We've come a long way in those seven years. We've done some pretty cool stuff and took some huge leaps and did some really cool new items and uh, packaging and different attempts to make our footprint in the sand in the beer world, which is a very crowded market these days. That's really cool. And you're telling me a bit about your story and being in sales in this industry is you've been on both sides of the sales. So tell the audience a bit more about that. And it sounds like you've really leveraged that to your approach to sales and how you're building these relationships with your customers. Yeah, before I made the jump, I was on the buying side of end of the thing. So I was the sales reps are coming to me to buy this beer, or that beer, or that alcohol, or wine, or whatever. And it was just that was my experience on that end. And it was I got to see what you know I liked and didn't like from different approaches from different people. And everyone has a different way of coming at you with the product to try and get you know in their in your door so they can make their sale. And so when I made the jump, I took my experience as a buyer. And kind of translated what I did and didn't like to make sure I, and that was my approach to sales. And I think it's worked. I've made some really good relationships on the distributor side because in our, in our world, we make the product, but we can't sell it directly outside of our pub to a consumer. So we have to sell it to a distributor who then goes out to the market and sells it for us essentially and places it. It, it, it was just, we still, as a supplier and, a, and a, a brewery, we still have to have relationships with customers out there. We still go out there and try to, whether it's a chain, Meyer, Kroger kind of thing, or it's the mom and pop restaurant or the you know restaurant chain, we're trying to help our distributor get those sales as well. So we work in tandem with our distributor and their sales team. And I just really just wanted to you know make sure I wasn't doing the things that people came into the bar, a restaurant that I ran and were doing that drove me crazy because I didn't want to be that person that drove people crazy. Oh, you know, for sure. Sales, you know, I, I would tell people no, and it wasn't because the product was bad, just because their approach sucked, and I just hated it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So, tell me a bit about what sales is looking like for you guys this year. Obviously, crazy year, all sorts of implications for businesses, and tell me about what this year has been like for you guys in this industry. 
Yeah, we started out the gate on fire. We were doing, we had a great Q1. We were actually going at, going after sales from a previous, not 2019 numbers, which were good numbers, but they weren't our best numbers. In 2018, we actually had a really good year. And so we were actually chasing those numbers because of the start we were off to in 2020. And then obviously, yeah, things fell apart there quickly. However, we were, we actually managed to weather the storm for the most part. We're not perfect every in every market. We do have some markets that are up with us. We have some markets that are down with us. So it's been a goofy year. We had to hold tight there for a couple, uh, it was about a month and a half where me and my sales team were working every other week because just that's just all you could really do. I mean, it was, it shifted sure. from on-premise, which is the restaurants and bars to off-premise feet focus because that the stores were open. So we had to shift what we were focusing on and it was packaged beer. So we really just pushed on that. And then obviously when things did reopen for the restaurants, we kind of, we slowly got back out there and I had told our team, don't go in there. Guns are blazing. Just go in there and say, Hey, how's it going? How things are doing? See if there's anything we can do to help clean up anything that's been lingering or if there's anything we can do in all to help them and just get high and just show our face and take that approach. Not that, Hey, you're open. Here's our beer. I just don't like that. So yeah. Uh, we took that approach and it, it worked and you had our guys out there, our guys and gals out there being very cautious. They needed a mask, they needed sanitizer, buy it, put it on the company card, whatever you had to do, obviously be careful, but they did it in a good way. And it, we actually made some pretty good uh, rebounds from all that. And we were trending before the last closure, we were trending towards getting to flat almost. And we were pretty happy where we were doing. So, and a lot of our, our marketing strategy internally really went towards social media and really pushing the package on social media and our cans. We did a couple of special releases. We really rode our seasonal package. That's our blue brand laminated shandy. We really rode that one hard this summer, which was great because people are outside enjoying the weather in the summer as much as they could. That was really good for us. So we had a really good year with that to the point where we could, we were at hundred percent capacity all summer long trying wow. to catch up. So that's awesome. Yeah. I think you've told me too, it's even affected like how you pivot and plan and demand has been different and unpredictable. So tell me a bit more about that, what that's been like, strategic planning for all of us. Yeah, I, like I said, we reopened and we didn't know what's going to happen with the rest, with the bar side. And we were at that, before that point, we were already, we were going all packages as fast as we could. So we had to essentially, there's a couple of brands that we had to sacrifice this year that we just didn't do. Some special releases that we just said, hey, we just don't have time to do this. It just doesn't make sense with we're trying to keep up with our main core items. We can't really spend time doing these fun special things. There just isn't enough tank space to do this. We really had to focus on those core items, our bread and butter items that are really are making or putting the money in the pocket. You know, the special stuff is fun. Every brewery wants to do the fun, crazy special stuff. And we still did a couple things, obviously, that we had planned. Some of our barrel age releases, we did our 15 year anniversary beer, but we scaled it back. We just, you know, we, don't, we couldn't do as much and we scaled back our draft so we put more in package than we did in draft because that's where the consumers are buying we're packaged you're either hanging out in your house quarantined or you're in your backyard or whatever there were just the draft sales were hard because restaurants and bars were being very cautious they didn't want old beer they didn't want to throw away beer they didn't know what was going to happen next week next month so i've talked to a bunch of restaurants that were hey we've got 20 taps we're running five or we've got 60 or running 10 so they're just being super cautious so yeah we had a pivot it's been and it literally has been week by week, month by month. Yeah, uh, I've done some planning for next year already with a bunch of our, most of our distributors. And I have a slide in there that really says, I don't know. I don't <laughs> know what's going to happen next year. I don't know what yeah. to plan for next year. Let's take this month by month, quarter by quarter. 
and hope for the best kind of thing. So, yeah, that's really cool. You guys are able to remain super agile and pivot and kind of take it as it comes. So that's awesome. But yeah. Every sales uh, person has those war stories and those times of building, you know, customer relationships and just very memorable uh, stories. So any that come to mind for you when it comes to building these relationships and and uh, make the sale and that sort of thing? Yeah, just to point out one is really tough. I've taken a lot of relationships in my past restaurant life and carried them over to this world. And that's just been my thing, just trying to be genuine. And I don't want to be cliche. I don't want to be, I don't never want to be that car salesman. Not that car salesmen are, car salesmen are bad. We've sure. been the great guy at Honda forever, but I don't, it's just, I've always taken and nurtured those relationships. You know, it's just, and I've learned a long time ago from, uh, a big restaurant that I used to work for, um, when the owner said, never burn a bridge. And I've taken that to heart. And I was young when I w- was there. And I think that was one of the best things he's ever, anyone's ever told me is don't burn a bridge, especially when I was young and vulnerable in that age, just trying to learn what I was doing in the management in the world. And that's the approach I've always taken is you never know when that person, you may need that person in the future, or they may be in a different position. And that, and it comes true in this world, like restaurants and the beverage world. It's like some of these people I've seen for the past 20 years of my life, in some capacity, whether it's they're on the sales side now or they're on the buying side, and you know, they switch, you know, they switch from back and forth. Like I said, to pull out one thing that kind of stands out, it does. I just don't have that because it's been a huge, just pile of awesome people that I've met throughout my career, and they seem like I said. Sometimes you don't see for five years, and all of a sudden, hey, there's this person. When you walk in and hey, how's it going? That's just been my approach: is get to that one-on-one level. Just don't be pushy. Well, you know, I, we all gotta make the clothes. I get it. You got to close a deal. That's how we make money. But there's a way to do it. Do it right, wrong. I think, in my opinion, to try to point one one instance is just really hard. Because I've had some, I have some really great relationships with people that well, they trust me, and I think I work for a company that I stand behind the product, and that's the biggest thing. I, you got to be able to stand behind the product. If you just you're just out there pushing a product and push a product, it's not. It's gonna. It's gonna show. And so I, I'm going to people that I know and have known in the past with a product that I believe in, and so that's. I think it's a huge benefit in my head that. I'm bringing something to you that I believe in and that I stand behind. Yeah. You know, well, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I like that you're so genuine and really stand behind that product. And out of all of that, all of the things that you've collected throughout the years in terms of professional experience and all this, what would you say is the one most important thing for maybe some of those younger salespeople or people coming up in this industry to, would it be that having that genuineness or what, what's the most important thing? I think when I transitioned to this job, it was knowing your product. Um, I guess that having that passion for that product is the biggest thing. If I were to go into, if I were to jump and start selling, I don't know, car parts right now, I'd be lost. I'd, I'd yeah. really be, I don't know what I would be doing. So uh, I wouldn't feel comfortable until I learned what I was doing. So I think that's the biggest thing was learning what I had. And and I prided myself on knowing the ABV of your product, the IBUs, which are the bitter units, knowing all those details and making sure I knew the description so that, I could intelligently talk to these people when I went in there. And that was because if, if you're confident, I think it, it's what's going to show and it gives them a little bit more ease where you just, you know, I've, like I said, I've had people walk into my the restaurant bar that I worked at and just didn't seem confident. I was just like, mm, you know, I'm not, uh, what do I want to buy this? If you're not confident with it, you don't give me that yeah. good fuzzy feeling about it. That's just the big thing. Know your product and make sure you know what you're doing as far as, you know, what you're trying to sell. That's I think cause that will translate into how you, you know, approach your sale. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. And it, I'm sure it was super helpful to be on both sides of this industry because you probably got to know it inside and out, like every detail. Yeah. 
Yeah, I've worked all three tiers except the distributor sides, or two of the three tiers except the distributor side. So that's the only side I haven't worked on because there's, as far as this in the beverage world, if you want to call it that. So yeah, well, very cool. Awesome. Well, so I know long-term strategic planning is up in the air now, but what are some things that you guys have on the horizon or would love to do as we get into the future here or maybe after COVID or anything? Yeah, we for next year hit reset because like I said, there were some things we didn't even get to release this year. So we said, let's take a reset. We've, our barrel age program is doing two new items. So that's something fresh and new. We had to pivot on our package size because of um, the aluminum shortage or in the canning issue right now. So some things that were going to be 16 ounce cans are not going to be 12 ounce cans, which I think will probably do better in hmm. my opinion. Um, so for me, I'm happy about it. And but so again, it's just a reset this year and it's it, it, see what happens kind of thing. It, it really is yeah. an unknown. No one's looking too far. I don't think in this industry, and if they are, I, I think they're foolish to go too far out right now. Awesome. Hey, thanks so much, Michael, for joining. I really appreciate it. This was awesome and learning more about Saga Talk and what you guys are doing. Thanks for having me.